Hi, you're listening to the House Call Doctor's Quick and Dirty Tips for Taking Charge of Your Health, and I'm your host, Dr. Majd. Despite living in sunny Southern California as an adult, I actually spent most of my childhood in Gaithersburg, Maryland, a state with four seasons and a seemingly never-ending winter, reminiscent of Arendelle, from the Disney cartoon Frozen, of course. You can tell I have kids. I have to say, I don't miss driving in the deep snow, slipping on ice, and not very graciously landing on my butt, and I cannot count the number of times that that has happened, or feeling as though my limbs are frozen to the core despite thinking that I was sporting the appropriate winter attire, or at least most of the time. It's no fun living in a constant winter flurry, unless, of course, you're Queen Elsa. If you've lived anywhere aside from the West Coast generally, you may be wondering what frostbites really even are. How can you tell if you have it? And how can you treat it? Note that the correct answer is not to apply direct heat. This knowledge is vital. Let's learn more about frostbites in today's episode. But first, just a short word from our sponsor that truly makes the House Call Doctor podcast possible, Health IQ. They believe that the best way to improve the health of the world is to celebrate the health conscious through social and financial rewards. They use science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health conscious people, including runners, cyclists, strength trainers, vegans, and more. 56% of Health IQ customers save between 4 to 33% on their life insurance. Like saving money by being a good driver, Health IQ gets you lower rates on life insurance for living a health-conscious lifestyle. After all, physically active people have a 34% lower risk of all-cause mortality, 56% lower risk of heart disease, and 22% decrease in cancer mortality compared to people who remain inactive. To see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com slash doctor, or mention the promo code doctor when you talk to a Health IQ agent. So what is a frostbite? Let's talk about that. It's important to distinguish frost nip from frostbite. In the former, any symptoms experienced are reversed with rewarming and without permanent damage to the tissue. In a true frostbite, however, the extreme cold temperature causes cell death and induces an inflammatory response during the rewarming process and hence causes injury to the tissue via these two processes. Even further injury is caused if the tissue is refrozen once again after the thawing process has already begun. It's vital to avoid this when treating frostbites. Most frostbites occur on the tips of the fingers, toes, nose, chin, cheeks, and ears. Sub-zero temperatures can cause injury to our bodies within minutes to hours of exposure. The injury can vary in severity, however. Unnervingly, frozen people may not initially experience any symptoms at all. In fact, the frozen area may feel numb, no discomfort or pain. The skin at the site of the freezing can feel hard initially and appear pale and white with surrounding redness around it. But when the thawing process begins, 
In addition to feeling a cold sensation at the affected site, it can cause tingling, numbness, or weakness in the same area. It can also begin to form a blister, which is a blood or fluid-filled little pocket on the skin. The skin is usually red diffusely over the affected area, but after days to weeks, it can turn black if the frostbite is severe. This represents the deadened tissue called an eschar and may fall off on its own. If severe, however, amputation may be necessary to remove the deadened tissue. So as you can see, frostbites can be potentially serious. How do you treat it? Well, the three golden rules of a suspected frostbite treatment includes the following. Number one, move yourself or the person into a warmer environment as soon as possible. Number two, then if the clothing is wet, remove it. And number three, gradually warm the frostbitten region. Note, gradually, not suddenly. Do this preferably by submerging the area into warm water, not hot water. The other option is placing the affected area against a warmer area of the body, such as placing your frostbitten fingers under the armpits. So now that we are unable to obliterate visions of Mary Catherine Gallagher from Saturday Night Live jamming her fingers deep up into her armpits, and yes, subsequently smelling them, let's talk about what we shouldn't do with a suspected frostbite. As hinted above, do not submerge the frostbite into hot water, which can further injure the tissue. Even though it may intuitively feel as though hot water would be appropriate, it's not. Use warm water. Next, do not further injure the frostbitten tissue. So if it's the finger, don't use that finger. If it's the toe, don't walk on that foot. This can also further injure the tissue. And do not attempt rewarming over stove or fire. The tissue is quite fragile and vulnerable. It is more easily susceptible to a burn than normal healthy tissue. And do not warm the tissue if there's a chance for it to be frozen once again, as I mentioned above. The damage becomes more extensive if the frostbite is thawed and then refrozen once again. So if you're stuck hiking in the snow, for instance, you may want to rethink rewarming your toes when you know that you'll have to use those toes to return back to civilization in the snow. Also, don't rub the frostbitten area. Rubbing also causes further damage to the now very delicate tissue. Lastly, if you use ice as a form of treatment for muscle aches and pains, do not apply it without a form of barrier in between the ice and your skin. Use a towel or a cloth and apply for no longer than 15 minutes at a time. This is one way that patients can actually get a frostbite. So fellow ice creatures, the next time you head out in search of your long lost sister with icy powers, with an ice harvester and a talking snowman tagging along, do not forget the ski mask, the hat, the mittens, and the clothing layers. So share your ideas and learn more quick and dirty tips with us on the Housecall Doctors Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest pages. 
If you learned anything here today, or if you simply enjoy all things medical, you can also listen and subscribe to the House Call Doctor podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. But please note that all content here is really strictly for informational purposes only. It doesn't substitute any medical advice, and it doesn't replace any medical judgment or reasoning by your own personal health provider. So please always seek a licensed physician in your area regarding all health-related questions and issues. Well, thanks again for listening to another episode of The House Call Doctor. Catch you guys next time and stay healthy.